no pun intended episode seven thank you all for joining us uh thank you for supporting the pod if you want to support the podcast further we will put you to work we are happy for your help um we uh, would love a like or subscribe on youtube if you're on spotify or itunes or rating or review review goes a long way um i'm seeing a few questions coming through already question number one why is matt in chat but not joining you get to that in a sec um when does a podcast get a theme song that is a great question um i don't know how to edit in a theme song <laughs> so as soon as we learn how to edit things in we'll get a theme song get some background music um honestly when we started the podcast we just kind of wanted to not have any barrier of entry to get going so we have uh, a fish string and toothpick budget where we're basically just uh we have zoom we broadcast to youtube um, but we would eventually like to do some serious editing and uh, get, get some guests on and invest a little more in the podcast. So that is a good question. Um, today's episode is going to be all about forming an atomic chess habit. So this is a post we had written a couple of years ago, and um, it's been one of our most uh, viewed posts of all time. And one of our favorite books of all time, um, creating or Atomic Habits by James Clear. But before we get into that, as we know, this is a solo podcast, Jesse only. Matt is not joining me tonight, and I want to get into the reason why. It's the elephant in the room. Um, so as you guys know, Matt and I are, are friends. We've known each other for maybe five years, six years, something like that. And we had a strange thing happen. So I'm at the chess club. This is round one of a OTB tournament at the local club. And we're about five minutes into the game. So I've made a few moves. Um, I played E4 against my opponent rated like 600. Um, so I got paired down quite a bit. And uh, Matt comes in. Uh, he wasn't playing the tournament. So he just came to, uh, just came to uh, join and look around and check stuff out. He does a lot of the weeks. And um, he's like making a lot of noise when he comes in. It's, it's weird. So like I kind of look over. I can tell something's not quite right. But... I just kind of ignored it. I'm playing a game. I got to focus. And he comes over to our board. He's like, hi, Jesse. Like, very loud. I'm like, okay, it's, it's quiet here. Everyone's playing. And I just kind of like wave, smile, like, hey, like trying to focus. And then um, he goes to the next board. And it's this adult playing uh, a young kid. And uh, Matt kind of like folds his arms. He looks at the board. And uh, he just kind of walks around. Like, he's looking kind of angry. And I look at him like... I think he's just like, he's had a couple drinks. It's a little weird because Matt's not a big drinker, but I can tell he's had a few drinks. And he makes another loop. He goes back to the same board and he looks at the board and he says, why did you not play expletive the Carocon? The the expletive Carocon. And I, every, it's a quiet tournament hall. He's the only one talking and the whole room just kind of like looks at Matt. He's got like a really good reputation at the club. Obviously, he's the only master. Says, why don't why didn't you play the expletive Carolcon? And this kid is just looking at him like, uh, I I don't know. Uh, you know, he didn't really say. And and Matt, I kid you not, he resets the board back to the original position, and he tells this older guy. He says, play e four, and we're all just kind of uh, yeah, we're all just kind of like looking at him, and uh. 
guy plays e4, and then uh, he says, okay, c6, play e6. And he's kind of getting louder and louder. And this kid looks at Matt, and he's so nervous. And he accidentally plays c5, the Sicilian. Matt was not having it. He takes the board, and he throws all the pieces on the floor, and he walks out. And uh, we kind of just paused the whole tournament, and everyone had to reset their clocks and everything because just threw everything off. And so I felt like... Matt and I needed uh, to have him take a leave of absence from the podcast. So if you are looking for a gig, a side gig to be a podcast host, let me know. We are looking for a new co-host on the Chess Gold podcast. Um, we appreciate Matt's contributions, the first six episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, that wasn't actually true. None of that was true. Matt just has a sore throat and he'll be back next week. Um, but if you like the story, let me know. Let's get into atomic chess habits. Um, if you listen to a book or listen to the episode, I believe it's episode two, maybe three. <laughs> uh, thank you for a our very first super chat. Uh, two bucks. Appreciate you. Uh, if you remember... Uh... <laughs> All right, if you guys remember back, uh, I think it was episode two or maybe three, we went over Matt's top books. He had 25 books that he recommended across kind of all areas of life. Some chess books, um, some just kind of like life productivity types of books. And one of them that we both really like is Atomic Habits. This is one that I recommend to a lot of people. I actually mailed my copy to a friend and haven't seen it since. That was a few years ago. Uh, so I do not have my own copy, but, um, James Clear, the author of this book has, uh, put together a very clear plan or framework for how to create an atomic habit. And I know that a lot of people struggle with actually finding the motivation to play chess, to study chess, to figure out setting up the board and all these things. So I thought we could go over, uh, this post I had written a few years ago, just kind of how to build an atomic habit um, focused around playing chess and studying chess and trying to meet your chess goals. Um, I also want to do a podcast in the future of uh, goal setting frameworks. So there's like the smart framework, smart framework you probably have heard of. Andrew Huberman, uh, who I'm kind of a fan of, kind of like the podcast, but it's kind of like way over my head. He has a, long, a few episodes actually, uh, like in-depth research for how to set goals, effectively meet goals. So that's an, another potential, um, you know, podcast idea, episode idea. Um, I had a few people uh, before I went live too, telling or uh, complimenting the hat. So we do have no pun intended swag, but we're not quite ready to release it yet. I think next month we're going to open it up and you can get a hat or a hoodie or something like that. Um, so if there's any, uh, if you happen to see my hat, sorry, not available to buy as of yet, but hopefully soon. Okay, Atomic Chess Habit. So um, James Clear, I think he came up with uh, the habit loop. I don't think he borrowed that, or I don't think that's something that exists kind of outside of uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, the habit loop. So there's a cue a craving, a response, and a reward. So four different things that you need to kind of remember. First thing, the cue, um, make it obvious. Craving, make it attractive. 
response, make it easy, and reward, make it satisfying. And if you can um, kick the whole process off, it becomes more and more automatic. Uh, the longer or the, the easier you make it to uh, um, kick off the whole uh, habit. So that could be like flipping off a light when you leave the room. Uh, that's a really easy one. Or brushing your teeth before bed is kind of like a habit. If you can uh, make it a habit to study chess uh, like every single day, it's going to give you huge gains in the long run. But how do we actually do that? So it all starts with a cue. You need to remind yourself that uh, you need to study. <laughs> uh, and a different cue can be, um, well, I mean, there's many things that can be a cue. First thing is time. Time can be an extremely powerful trigger. Um, uh, for me, when I uh, wake up in the morning, I set an alarm for 5.30 and it's time to time to work out. Another uh, cue, or I guess this is maybe a craving, uh, is to make it attractive. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, a craving to make it attractive is you can set out your workout clothes the day before. So you wake up and you just already have everything ready to go. You throw stuff on and you uh, go do your workout. For me personally, uh, making it attractive is a lot easier because I have a home gym. So I just go downstairs. I don't even have to drive anywhere or worry about warming up the car or anything like that. Um, so time is a very powerful trigger. Um, uh, location is another one. So maybe you even notice that when you're, for me at least, when I'm working at my desk, it's different than when I'm working like on the treadmill. Sometimes I'll I'll walk on the treadmill and work. Or I just recently went to uh, the office in San Francisco. And when I'm working from the office, it's just a completely different feel than working in my own office. And so I have different like micro habits around like, I don't know, opening uh, Androids or like opening my coding program a little differently or something like that. Um, another thing, uh, a good cue can be a preceding event or something that happened just before. So like um, uh, in the example I'll bring up in a little bit, preceding event could be uh, turning on the dishwasher or um, one for me is at the end of the work day, I'll lock my computer screen and it's like, that's my cue just to like sign off of work and head downstairs. Um other people is also a huge cue. If you can find a running group or something like that, or a chess club group to help you hold each other accountable and find some like uh, partners to help you study, I think that can go a long way. And if you uh, don't have a chess club near you, check out Chess Goals, guys. It's a great resource. <laughs> um, so outside, so those are all cues. So we have make it obvious. This basically is just some trigger to remind you to do the thing you're trying to build, trying to kick off the habit that you're trying to make automatic in your life. So a few examples, again, in, uh, in summary is time, location, preceding event, other people, maybe even like an emotional state. Like when you're, if you're trying to, you know, not be angry anymore, when you're feeling angry, that can be a cue to, uh, you know, make some changes. Um, so that is step one in the habit loop. Step two is craving. Make it as attractive as possible. So um, when it, I was talking earlier, uh, if you want to start a workout <clears throat> workout routine, you can start by setting out your clothes um, the night before. So you just wake up and all your stuff is ready. 
Um, maybe if you're going on a long run, you prep your breakfast. So your breakfast is ready. Uh, your water is good to go. You have your headlamp, your heart rate monitor. All that's already set out. And you only just need to like get your stuff on and go. You don't need to worry about finding all this. And I think it was in the drawer. It just makes that barrier of entry to the actual workout a lot higher. And I think subconsciously, those little barriers make things way more annoying and you're much less likely to stick to the habit. Um, so that is craving, make things as easy as possible. Um, with uh, chess, um, I feel like a good, a good craving would be to have your, um, have your board set up to the next position you're already going to set, have your book open to the exact page. So you don't need to, open up your book, figure out where you were, and then go through and set up the next, you know, problem that you're going to look at. Just get that set up the night before. So then when it's time to actually study, you can just walk over to your board, sit down and go. You don't have the barrier of entry of um, uh, like setting up a whole board and it's like having that gap um, craving. So that's step two. Step one, cue. Step two, craving. Step three, response. <clears throat> Uh, response is making it easy. Um, all right, I think I got a little ahead of myself. So uh, setting up the chessboard, that, that's a good way to make things uh, easy. Um, for craving, so let me step back to step two. Craving is all about making the habit more attractive. So maybe one thing you can do is uh, if you want to start running more, do something that you already enjoy doing but restrict that to when you run. So like, let's say you have a TV show you really like, um, only watch that TV show while you're running or while you're exercising. So you're kind of doing this pairing thing where you pair something that you already want to do with something you want or something that you're trying to do. Another one is maybe for chest study, you have a uh, specific tea that you really like, but let's say you only restrict yourself to having that tea or scotch or coffee or whatever when you're studying chess. So then you can kind of do that pairing. So you can say, okay, I really don't really feel like studying chess tonight, but I really want to have my tea. <laughs> I can only have my tea if I'm studying chess. Like that's just a rule you make for yourself. Um, and it kind of makes the habit more attractive. So that's craving. Response I went over, that would be like um, having your board all set up, everything ready to go. Um, don't have any distractions around. So you want to set up your board um, in a room without a TV, maybe, without your phone near you. Um, just kind of eliminate as many distractions as you can in order to just sit down and do the work and actually do the habit. And lastly <clears throat> is reward. So cue, uh, kick off the habit, craving, make it attractive. So like give yourself a little reason to do the habit. Response, make it as easy as possible to just jump right in and get started. And last reward. So after you're done studying chess, you give yourself a little reward. Maybe you give yourself some chocolate, uh, read a book, wind down for the night. And this is kind of the final step and closes the reward habit loop or the habit reward loop. The reward closes the habit loop. All right, so let's go through an example of studying a physical chessboard every night. Um, so different cues. When the dishes are put away from the for the night, like that's just kind of a time. 
uh, the location. Uh, you are in the kitchen, you uh, started the dishwasher, you move to a new location, sit down at your desk, and you uh, have your board set up and you're ready to go. So the craving uh, is you're drinking your favorite pe peppermint tea, which you're only allowed to drink when you're studying chess. Uh, the response, make it as easy as possible. Your board is already set up to the position you want to study. Your chess book is open to the correct page. Maybe you have one of those fancy book holders where it props it open for you so you don't need to like hold the book open for the uh, pages don't crash down on you. And uh, reward when you're done, you finish studying, maybe you give yourself a glass of wine or something. It's important that the reward does not go against your goal. <laughs> so if you're... Uh, you know, it's kind of outside of chess, but if you have a weight loss goal or something and you just finished a good day of exercise, it wouldn't make sense for your reward to go get McDonald's because that is, you know, very much not in congruence for <laughs> uh, weight loss. Um, all right, and let's go through another uh, habit. Maybe you want to review your openings during lunch. So the cues, lunchtime every day, location, maybe you have a cafeteria at work, uh, preceding event, something that happened just before that. Uh, maybe you just locked your computer or came out of a meeting or set your notebook down in your desk and uh, emotional state, you're happy because you get a break. <laughs> um, so the craving is you only get to go on break from work when you review openings. So you can't just like take other breaks throughout the day. When you go on break, you have to um, be studying openings. So it's kind of that pairing that we were talking about earlier. And the response, so this is make it as easy as you can uh, to get things started. So um, you shouldn't have to like log, like forget your password on Chessable or our chess goals course or something. It should be automatically logged in. Uh, you know where you need to study next. And uh, you're just kind of like ready to sit down with your tuna salad and just review your openings. Um, and then maybe as a reward, when you're all done, you can go outside for a little walk or something before returning to work. And that, that is a few examples of, of how to build an atomic chess habit. Um, let's go to a few preguntas in the chat. Waiting for coffee until starting work is a nice way to make it attractive. Yeah, that's a good idea. I am personally a <laughs> I am personally a coffee guy. I drink a little bit of tea, but I drink a lot of coffee and I think I can use coffee as a uh like as a cue for basically anything <laughs> or a reward for basically anything. Um so that could work very effectively for me. Um since we had to pull an audible and we couldn't get Matt on the podcast tonight due to his OTB antics. Uh, this is going to be a shorter podcast, just a mini. Um, we can call it uh, miniatures, maybe, for shorter episodes. Uh, am I still doing decaf? Nope. I have been doing caffeinated coffee for a while now, um, but I want to switch back to decaf uh, when the baby gets here <laughs> because I'm going to be tired all the time and relying on coffee too much. I don't think we'll be good. All right, that is all I had prepped for today. Um, so if there's no other questions, <clears throat> I'm going to sign off, do a, a miniature. We'll kick it back off next week for a 
full episode. Um, ever hear of the Pomodoro technique of time management? I have heard of the Pomodoro technique. Uh, this is basically where, and I, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by it. I feel like s some other time management techniques don't really jive with me super well, but Pomodoro does seem legit. Where you basically have this timer, you set it for thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes, and you basically give yourself some goal or something to accomplish in that time, and you can break up your day into um, like small thirty-minute segments or chunks of work that you. Uh, you know, can kind of plan around. I know Matt was actually huge on Pomodoro. Yeah, so he's saying in the chat, I like doing one-hour blocks, really motiv motivating to have deep work sessions. Yeah, I don't follow it, but maybe I should. I get these ads all the time on, uh, like, YouTube and stuff where you can, it's just like this little timer, kind of looks like a hockey puck, and you just click a button and then turn it, and it sets a timer for, like, 40 minutes. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it looks kind of cool. All right, that's going to do it for the miniature. Um, if anybody wants to support the podcast, I mentioned this at the top, but likes and subscriptions, uh, very, very much appreciated, and it helps us a lot. Um, we are going to have swag coming out soon. So I think we have hats, um, some long sleeve shirts, maybe a sweatshirt, I can't remember. Um, we've had a beanie in the past, um, so we'll for sure... Link those in the show notes when they're available. Other than that, thanks everyone for joining. Um, please, uh, okay, so sweatshirt, mugs, etc. Okay, awesome. All right, so let us know what you want to hear from us uh, next episode. Matt will be back, uh, assuming his uh, his throat's feeling better. Uh, again, the OTB thing was completely made up. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for joining and we will see you next week.